Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. I want you to turn your Bibles today to 1 Kings. Let's pray. Father, we... Lord, we're thankful for this time of year. Lord, we are so blessed what you've done for us. We just pray that you'd encourage our hearts today through your word. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. I want to ask you a question. What kills people more every year? Is it cancer or is it heart attacks? And just think about it. For, you don't have to answer. <laughs> but think about it, whatever you think of. It's neither one. It's suicide. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, every week I, I study and I pray over and I listen and I, what the Lord wants me to speak on. And, and I so wanted this week because so many people are discouraged. Uh, this time of year. More suicides happen in December, I think, than any other time. More teenagers are committing suicide than ever before. More veterans are committing suicide than ever before. I've done about 750 funerals. Out of those, about 60 of those were suicides. And three people that I've been very, very close to over the years have committed suicide. And the same as those funerals, the same as myself, the same as all of you, is it's something that never leaves you. It's something that um, sometimes you're numb, sometimes you're guilty, sometimes you're angry. And what can we do to help? That's who we are as believers. We're here to share good news. I, I want to give you an example where the title is today, Not Worth Living, dot, dot, dot. And of one in the Old Testament who didn't want to live anymore. And he was a great, great godly man. And he gave up on life. And I want you to look at that today in 1 Kings in chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to look at just as verse 1 through 6, but I want to give you a background. I want to give you a background about Elijah. He was an unbelievable prophet from God. And in many ways, you could say he was also a warrior too. And there's a testing time. And when we read stories of the Bible, we, we often forget that I'm here today to share with you from the spiritual side. We have mental health workers today that help those in counseling, and if people are on medicine that are watching, I'm not saying to stop that, stay on that, keep going to counseling. I'm here to talk to you from the spiritual side. The spiritual side is Jesus comes to give life and to give life more abundantly. Suicide is of the devil. You say, how do you know that, Dallas? Because the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
Jesus also said that the devil is a murderer. So that being said, as we look at God's word, Elijah was this unbelievable prophet in the Old Testament. And he's there before thousands of people that are worshiping Baal, this false idol, this small G God. Because Ahab and Jezebel, who was the most wicked king ever as a queen, and King Ahab over that time in which Elijah lived. So they wanted to see who we're going to serve, the true and the living God of Elijah or, or the God of Baal. The demonic forces were at work. We often forget that. I want you to remind that. I, I, I constantly try and remind you, Lee, we live in a spiritual world. We are, we're constantly being at battle, especially as believers, every day. And that's why we need to be equipped with this. It is a sword. And he gets before all the people out in this, this yard, and they build this altar. And there's 450 satanic priests and there's Elijah. And they build this altar, and they're going to call fire down from heaven. And whoever calls fire down from heaven and does whatever happens is the one who's the true living God. So they're there. There's Elijah there. So he says, okay, go ahead. Sacrifice the bull. Cut it in pieces. Put it all on the altar. And you serve your God, and we'll wait and see what happens. Began to wait. They began to cry out in the morning. In the afternoon, it was getting towards evening time. And they began to wail and cry, and nothing was happening. <laughs> I don't know why, but Elijah, I guess, had a sense of humor. He started laughing at them. But uh, so they were exhausted. And they gave up. Elijah steps forward. And he says, Lord, I believe who you are. You're the true and the living God. Bring fire down from heaven. And before he did that, he dumped water on the altar three different times. He soaked the altar just to show the people that wasn't a trick. And as the fire came down, as he prayed, and it, in an instant, evaporate everything on the altar. And Elijah said, that is the true and the living God. They took out the 450 satanic priests and they executed every one of them. Elijah was a part of that. I want you to be aware of why I said that because one important part is always missed, I believe, and that is this. He was completely exhausted and drained by what had happened. He still lived in a physical body. We forget these guys and women in the Old Testament who were prophets and prophetesses and, and you know, lived godly lives. That they're just like you, just like me. They lived in this body. They went through things that we go through. He was completely drained and exhausted from what had taken place, even though it was an amazing, amazing victory. We pick up the story in chapter 19 to where the wicked queen 
Jezebel finds out about this. Again, what is she full of? We forget. She's also full of demons. Let's not overlook that. She's so angry. Why? Because these 450 high priests who she would call upon to go through satanic worship so she could do whatever she did and rule in that way, in a wicked way. She was furious. We pick up the story in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. Ahab the king told Jezebel the queen all that Elijah had done, what we just talked about. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Wait a minute, wait a minute, what just happened here? This guy just saw a miracle take place. He was part of that miracle. Everybody saw it. You'd think they would have had confidence in him and, and God Almighty, and yet he was afraid. You and I, other people, can get so discouraged that fear overtakes everything, and mostly fear of the future, where there is no hope. That's how he felt. It says he ran for his life. Continues on, but he himself, listen to what happened in, in, in verse 3. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Man, you know, do you realize in just a 24-hour period, you know, and, that, and that's the way the devil works in our life. See, as a believer, he can't come into your heart and your soul the first mistake that he made, which people make that have suicidal thoughts, is the devil comes here and just begins to hammer in anyone's mind. You're worthless. It's over. It's never going to be the same again. You have no future. Your husband took the kids. Your wife took the kids. Everything is destroyed. You can't see. It's completely pitch black. And that's what he did. He began to think irrational. He began to think the way the devil wanted him to think. And that's exactly what the devil does to us. If he can do it to such a godly man as him, he will do it to us. First thing, he began to think the way the devil wanted him to think. What's, what we do is that. Secondly, what did he do? I want you to get this. It's so important. With people in your life, or maybe you, or you that are watching. It says he left the people that he loved there, 
And he went out to the desert by himself. Every person that commits suicide, 99 times out of 100, they're by themselves. They're all alone. They isolate themselves. That's exactly what the... Why do we preach here? Why do we say what we do at this church? How important it is, do not forsake the assemblings of yourself together so much more as we see the day approaching. We are living in the end of the end times. We've got to help each other. When you have people in your life and I have people in my life and those regrets I have about those three people that I was talking about, what do we have to do? When the Lord puts them on our heart or whoever, whatever they might be, call them, go see them. Don't wait for, hey, if you need anything, I'm here. No, make an effort. Know that the Spirit of God is put in your heart, that person, right then at that time. Stop everything you're doing and go be with them. Don't try and fix the problem. Just be there. That's what we should do. Elijah isolated himself. And third, he asked God the wrong question. Lord, will you just kill me? I, I, I don't think that's a very good question. I, 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 don't, I don't know why, but he was so low in his life, he didn't want to live anymore. Why? Again, I can't stress this enough. Because the demonic forces were so overwhelming and so powerful. And they were coming at him in his mind so hard that he ran for his life. He isolated from everyone and he even asked God the wrong questions. That's exactly what the devil does to us. And that's exactly what he does to some of your family and to some of your friends. All I'm here today is I tell you over and over again, I find myself, I'm just a reminder. That's what I do every week, is to remind you who God is and what Jesus can do in your life. What we do to those that are, are so searching today when it's overtaken to be the number one cause of death in our country, that we have the responsibility to be keen in our spirit to know who in our life as a family, what are they going through? What are they experiencing? What is happening to be so aware they might not be saying anything to anybody, but the Spirit is telling you something is not right. And we need to make an effort to be there. Will God always come through? Will God always come through if we ask him? Will God always come through if you ask him? Absolutely. I heard a stripper talk this week that she was in the lowest point of her life. Everything imaginable. You can imagine her life. You cannot imagine her life. And she called out to God. She says, God, will you please show me? If you are real, will you show me who you are? And he did. It is the name of Jesus that has all the authority from the beginning of time till time no more. And all we have to do is call upon him. And remind people who he is and ask the question, Lord, I can't do this. You have to do it for me. And what did the good Lord do? You know what the Lord does for us? He overlooks some things that we say to him sometimes. 
and he comes and meets our need because he knows your heart. And listen to what he said to Elijah. Verse 5. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. I'm here to tell you we repeat it all the time. At City Church, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will teach you my rhythm of grace. Jesus will give us rest. He came to him. He gave him exactly what he needed. He needed to rest. He needed to rest in the Lord. There's no greater sleep that we can have. I hear people in Hollywood all the time They talk about the demons. They talk about they can't sleep at night. They've got all the money. They've got all the power. They've got all the fame. But they don't know where they're going when it comes to this life. And you hear them talk and they're shaken when they hear about someone else who has just died in Hollywood because they have no hope. We have hope. We know. We need to be able to convey that to those that we love. We are, just as the angel was a representative of God right then and there, you, I, are the representative of the Lord today to all those people around us that we know that we are keen in our spirit, that we know, we know, that we know something is happening in their life. And God wants us to reach out. And you pick them up. And you help them rest. And you give them hope. What is one of the ways that we do that? We're going to look at a couple and we'll close. I want you to look at the New Testament. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Man, we we all mess up. (laughs) We all mess up. And you tell them the same thing. Hey, I'm a believer, and and I don't know where you're at when you're talking to somebody. I, I know this, that, hey, without Jesus, my life's a mess. But in Jesus... He doesn't hammer me. I go to him and I ask him, Lord, to forgive me. I didn't do what I should have done this week. I said, I thought, I did. Will you forgive me? And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's what people are full of today, and they need to get rid of it. They don't know how to get rid of it. And we have the answer for them. We are that angel in their life. Let me say one other thing that I wanted to say earlier that goes along with this portion of scripture. I've had many times at those funerals, people ask me, when that person is a believer and I have that service and they committed suicide, 
that sin, that sin is a sin. It is a sin. Just like another sin. If that person knew Jesus Christ is their Savior, they're in heaven. There is therefore now no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. I don't know what's going on in someone's heart. I don't know what there's, that they had or what they faced as a kid, maybe being beat up or sexually taken advantage of. And they live with that all their life. I don't know why. I don't know what. I'm not here to judge. But I know that we can help. And I can know that we can give people hope. And they can live without that guilt because they were in Christ Jesus. One more verse and we'll close. And this is a verse <laughs> that you can share to give them hope. Never, 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 never through the power of the Holy Spirit in you, in you, never underestimate the catalyst when the Spirit is in your life and you open this book up and you read it to somebody. Never underestimate its power. It is he who is working. And as a sword goes deep into the spirit of that person and changes their life. And this is that verse, along with many others. I close with this today, Psalm 34. And verse 17. The righteous cried out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. <laughs> the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The reason why I get emotional, because I think of those three people, and I think of the one where I went to school that lived in the boys' home, the girls' home, and I said before, when you turn 18, up on Sanitarium Road where it used to be, you're done. I think they gave him $20, and you walk out of the street, and that's it. Ray called me. I, I, I don't know why I didn't do what I should have done. I don't know, but I live with that today. Stay. <sighs> who grew up in a boy's home, who called me late one night. I took him where he wanted to be. I was living in the world, doing all kinds of things. But I knew Jesus. And he had a big hole in his heart. And he committed suicide. I don't want that to see that again. I have too many people that I love that have done that. I don't want it to happen again, and it happens this time of year more than any other time. Look, listen to those that are around. Share with them. Love them. Be aware in your spirit, and let them know that Jesus can overcome anything that has happened in their life. Tell them. 
I don't care if you're a school teacher and you see that kid in your classroom or you work at that person or you connect with somebody in the grocery store. Everybody needs the love of Jesus. Man, we have it to give. You can never give enough of it away. And all I wanted to do today at this time of years, hopefully, is for you and I to be aware to stop somebody and give them hope of what we have. God is so good. He will never, ever fail us. And he will never fail that person that you love. And he will save their life. And all we have to do is let them know and let them rest in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you give us hope. And Lord, if there's someone here right now, I want to pray with right now over the airways. This time of year, may they pray this prayer, Jesus, that they do not want to live any longer. May they know that you say in your word, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, may they just pray this prayer with me right now. May they not try and figure their life out. May they not try to look back or look forward. May they see you. May they just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I don't understand my life, but I believe that you came and you shed your blood on the cross of Calvary for all of my sins. And right now, by the power of all heaven, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins. Save me, Jesus. Cleanse me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, if there's someone here today, as we always give an invitation, may they see you. May they have hope. May they accept you in their heart today. May a friend bring a friend or a family member as Ben leads us in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus... I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC. Or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services. And we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.